Welcome to the Chinese Circular, where we redefine the narrative on autism parenting. I'm Janice Patrick, your host, and I'm excited to take you on a journey through the unique experiences, challenges, and wins of our incredible community. Hello, listeners. Welcome again to another episode of the Chinese Circular Podcast. I'm your host, Shanice Patrick, and today I am very generously joined by Mr. Patrick, Mr. Curtis Patrick, my better half. And for today's episode, I'd like to conduct a sort of reflection. Over the past year, up until today, since we're into a new year, 2024. And I think I'd like to serialize this to make several reflections, several reflective episodes for the podcast to just uh, go over the progress that has occurred, the progress that I think has occurred or not occurred. And so some of the questions I will definitely invite Mr. Curtis Patrick to join in on with me. And so let's get right down to it. Some of these very specific and applicable questions. The first one, how has your perspective on autism parenting evolved since the inception of the Chinese Circular? And to that question, I'd just like to answer that performing this project, beginning this project, has really opened my eyes into the statement of, I'm not alone. Like, I have never felt less alone than when I get into the subject of autism parenting. The people are out there, and there are so many others like me, and I can find my people easily. We are there And I believe that our voice has just been subdued so much, but I don't feel alone anymore. And so that's how my perspective on autism parenting has evolved since the beginning, since starting the Chinese Circular. Did you want to say anything, Mr. Patrick? I wanted to definitely agree with regard to this being eye-opening, especially uh, much to what you said regarding us not being alone. And the thing is, you know, we're all around you. We're where we can see, you know, where you can see us. It's just not very obvious. And much like the autism spectrum disorder itself, some of these things can be unseen. They may not be obvious. Some things you're not able to immediately decipher whether it's an issue of normal toddler behavior or this is a kid that's actually on the autism spectrum. Yes, it's hard to identify when they're so young, which is why it takes so many families uh, so long to, this is a bit of an excursion from the topic, but it's uh, tragic how long it takes some families to get diagnosed. And that's also due to doctors playing off uh, these symptoms as normal toddler behavior. So many pediatricians 
will basically tell you everything up until the child growing a second head is normal and that they will grow out of it. And so it's our job as parents, as advocates, to push for more answers. That was really good. Here's another question. Oh, you had something to say? Yes, I wanted to add something else to that as well. And as it pertains to the autism spectrum disorder, we're still, uh, we as a collective are still learning things about this. And it's, you know, somewhat fairly new. Well, not really, not exactly new, but there's more information coming to the medical field uh, regarding this. Really, this didn't get touched on very much until maybe the late 1990s, early 2000s, and at which point some medical professionals, not to speak less of them or slander them in any way, they may just not realize, they, they may not be with the times. Uh, so to speak, or they may not be making an effort. Mm -hmm. It's not that we can necessarily, you know, tell one way or the other, but we still have to use our best judgment as we have to take our child's best interest at heart and in mind uh, with any medical interaction. So really just the same thing as with any other doctor, but this is a little more special case being that this is a condition that, is still getting information and research performed on it yes. on a day-to-day -day basis. Yes, the professionals themselves are still learning. And so we are still learning from the professionals, very much so, um, learning new things every day. And uh, that's my job, my role as a parent, my children's best advocate, their number one cheerleader, to be in their corner, always listening and learning and cheerleading for them the top head cheerleader. Absolutely. And that's, that's the most important role we can play. Indeed. It's an exhausting role. Here's another question. In what ways do you feel your narrative challenges the traditional norms of autism parenting? I'd say that the whole, the Chinese circular project was born out of a desire to rewrite the narrative, the old narrative. There is so much, such a big stereotype of an autism parent. And I found myself not aligning to that, that stereotype. And I felt like I resented it. And to be frank, it was depressing, you know, and I believe for our family, uh, I don't know about any other autism family, but we're happy. We're not suffering. We are enjoying our lives and our relationships with each other. We're happy. And so my narrative challenges the norm in the way, in the fact that I believe an autism parent can thrive and be joyful and find their true happiness and be well, and that can be their portion in life, such as that uh, in the same capacity as that of a parent of neurotypical children, very much so. Again, I'll say it, the Patricks, we're happy. Wouldn't you agree? I wholeheartedly agree. We're, we're not suffering, and it's not all serious clinical doctor visits, testing, therapies, all the time we are living 
there is still life to live. And I remind myself each day and it, it makes a difference. And so I believe that our lives, the way we live our lives is challenging the uh, traditional norms, the narrative. I have a, some more, a few more questions. You had something else to say? I just wanted to piggyback um, as opposed to the misconceptions where families take this to see it as a burden or anything. We see this as a brand new learning experience. We see this as a perspective to see this through the eyes of a child. And I myself, I happen to be on the autism spectrum and it's, it's definitely a learning experience seeing it through not only another person, but somebody that's, that came from me essentially mm-hmm. my son. And it, it's, it's almost like seeing my life, or his life through my eyes and, and in my life in his body. Mm. And it it helps me challenge the narrative in that I'm able to give the support that I didn't readily have available during the time where there wasn't much research ever done on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know, constantly daily research, knowing that some things may change, and then also retaining the fact that every child is an individual. Every child is different. No two children are alike. Keyword spectrum. Absolutely. Thank you, uh, Mr. Patrick. Uh, Another really good question. How has your understanding of self-care transformed through your experience as a parent? For one, the statement that you cannot pour from an empty cup, I have found out personally the absolute hardest way possible that that statement is very true. It means exactly what it says. And so I find that the act of self-care, any act of self-care, not being selfish and not just being something good, it's something that's required even for me to be the best version of myself to be a wife, a mother, and someone for myself who I am inside as an individual. It's it's necessary for my cup to be full, to be anything for anybody, including myself. Absolutely. In fact, much to what you said with not being able to pour from an empty cup, I have to I have to scope out every opportunity for self-care and I have to jump on it as much as I can. If I can't be my best self for myself, I can't do it for my son. I can't do it for my daughter. I can't do it for my family. And if I'm not doing it for myself or my family, then I have ultimately failed both myself and my family. So in that, self-care is very important. And sometimes you might finally have the opportunity and might not feel like doing it because you feel defeated. Sometimes you have to pick yourself up off the floor and say, well, I'm going to do this anyway because this is just going to gnaw at me the next day. And I prefer mm-hmm. to not live with regrets. Indeed. You you don't tend to live with many regrets at all, even when you should have a few. <laughs> Here's a couple more um, good questions. What topics or issues Within the realm of autism parenting, do you feel are currently under discussed? And how do you plan to address them through the Chinese circular? I'll go ahead and answer this one, sure, because I feel like it applies to me specifically. The topic of feeling grief is completely absent. 
not only under discussed, it's absolutely absent within the discussion of autism parenting, within the realm of autism parenting. When you are very much experiencing that grief, because trust me, it it does happen. It will happen. You will feel it. The emotional roller coaster grief is one of those stops. And I found that when I was experiencing this, this emotion, this emotion that I did not want to feel, I found that there was no, no rest for me. There was no place for rest, no source of peace or solace. I was very much alone on top of grieving. There were no outlets, no resources. There were no people to, to look to, to talk to about this very tough feeling that very much exists 100%. It's there and we are just not addressing it. And I feel like the Chinese circular is here to stand in the gap, to fill that gap for so many people. And that's what I feel like I'm called to do. And that's what I'm attempting to do here with this project. And might I add, that is a beautiful thing that you are doing. And I'm glad to be able to join you on this journey. Thank you. Thank you. I feel very, very strongly about it. Thank you. All right. It looks like we have maybe a couple more questions to wrap up this episode. It looks like they're for me, Mr. Patrick. So let me go ahead and dive into this. The question reads, as you look ahead, what are your aspirations for the future of the Chinese Circular? And how do you envision it evolving to better serve the autism parenting community? My answer is growth. Just growth. We're very much grassroots, very much um, fledglings, infants, if you will, with this project. It's been on my mind and my heart for a long time. It has not been real, but for a very short amount of time. And so I have a, a very, very much a bunch of aspirations for the future of the Chinese circular, a lot of ideas. And I think the, what all these ideas have in common is that they are tied to growth, just increase, enlargening our, our reach, making our reach further, just bigger, better, and improved in every capacity. All right. And here's our last question. This is this is a really good question. And I would love to to answer it. It reads, how do you balance the demands of content creation, hmm, podcasting and community engagement within the Chinese circular with your role as an autism parent and wife? Okay, very good question. I'll answer it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I do it. I know that I use a project management tool called ClickUp, which is my, I have a mug by the Mathermis actually sitting on my desk that I drink from every day. ClickUp is my project management tool of choice. It's really the best out there. And I use it to keep on top of all of my different tasks. Uh, within the podcasting and content creation and writing 
community engagement, all of that, even my personal tasks, such as uh, paying a bill, going to the grocery store, it, it, it's all in ClickUp. And so that's what I use to sort of manage my to-do list in a way. And the other part of that will be good time management. I'm one of those types of people, you can ask Mr. Mr. Patrick, I hate being late. I hate when other people are late and I hate wasting time. Isn't that right? I can confirm 100%. 200%. And so I'm going to manage my time as efficiently as I can. It's so important. And I think that's how it's possible because I don't know of any other way, actually. That, that's a good question. And part of the answer still is, again, I don't know how I do it to this day. I don't know. All right. Those were some good questions for this reflection. I appreciate those who have sent those in, those thoughtful, thoughtful questions. And I just like to say to the listenership, the audience, you are very much appreciated. And we thank you so much for showing up here with us as we're showing up here for you, for our audience. And we intend to not let you down. And so this is our invitation to stay tuned for the future and what's coming with the Chinese Circular Project. Thank you. See you next time. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the Shanice Circular, please share my publication with others and post about it on social media. As always, you can head over to Shanice.co to subscribe for free. That's all for this episode. See you next time.